As we go to this first scripture reading, this is Paul, who was certain that he was going in the right direction, and suddenly in a vision found himself being beckoned by one from a foreign country, one that was not in his plans. And yet, let's see what his response may have been. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Holy wisdom, holy word. Go to the gospel reading, a very short reading that talks about being awake and alert, and you'll hear a little bit more about this in the homily this morning. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is God's word. I remember getting the phone call, and it was one of those interesting phone calls in a church. I was serving at Santa Monica First United Methodist Church, and at that time the church was in absolute disarray. They had no focus, no idea where they were going, nothing that was driving them, and to the point where they were even getting close to tearing each other apart. It was just such a terrible time. And then Dana called, and this was right on the heels of Hurricane Katrina. Now, a reminder that Santa Monica is a very wealthy area, the, particularly the three communities, and I've shared this with you before, of Santa Monica and Palisades and Malibu, some of the wealthiest places in the, in, in the world, really. And you would think that in this kind of place that there would be a clear direction for a church as large as what Santa Monica first had been. In their heyday, they were at 4,000, sometimes 5,000. And they were down to somewhere between three and 400 active at this time and were shrinking and dying rapidly. Dana Collins was a young man who ran a management company for particularly for musicians. And after Katrina had happened, he called me and he said, you know what, I, I, I had this vision. And it's very much like Paul and the man of Macedonia beckoning to him to come. He said, I'm seeing these faces and these figures on television from New Orleans, and it is as though they're beckoning me to do something, but I don't know what to do. But he, he said, I have an idea. He said, I am nothing in this industry, but I have some connections, and I think with those connections we might be able to do something. And so I took it to the church and said, what Dana would like to do is to have a concert here in the church to raise money for the relief in, at Katrina. 
And they absolutely soundly rejected the idea, knowing who it was that were going to stand on the chancel of the church and sing. Said, we are not going to have this. But more and more conversation, finally Dana came to them and said, I, I, I want to share with you why I feel like this needs to happen. And finally they relented, and Dana put together a, a concert for hurricane relief that was unlike anything that I've ever seen in ministry. There on the chancel, this beautiful, incredible white marble platform with white marble steps and a pipe organ that would just take your breath away, 45-foot walls in the front of the church. But what people saw as soon as they walked into the door were two beautiful 35-foot blue banners with but three words on each of those banners. They were identical to each other. And those three words were, be the hope. Be the hope. I will never forget um, the concert. Jackson Brown sang, but it was Katie Lang who took our breath away. And inasmuch as Katie is Buddhist, what she did was she came in and immediately took her shoes off on that white marble. And you could hear the, the groan of some of the congregation until she said, I know that I am standing on holy ground. And she sang one of the most beautiful renditions of Helpless that I have ever heard. And then person after person, there were, I think, seven to nine different groups and individuals who came up and shared that day. And tens of thousands of dollars were raised in this campaign, in this concert. And the place was packed. There was not a seat to be had. It was standing room only all directed at one cause because of one man who had a vision. And what happened out of that was the church turned, almost almost immediately turned. And a church that had been exceptionally self-centered began to see and catch the vision of what it can do when you look beyond your own doors, something that you are deeply aware of in this church. And they caught a vision, and the first group that went down to New Orleans were 25 of the youth with five adults. And one of those kids had become close to and knew someone in New Orleans who had attended a church that was right there three blocks off Lake Pontchartrain that had been under 12 feet of water for 10 days. 12 feet of water. And this relationship turned into something that these two churches became, became connected at that point. And the first group that went down literally did two things, these 25 kids and five adults. They first of all mucked out the church, and if you've ever mucked out anything, it's not a pleasant experience. These kids were in Tyvek white suits, with respirators over their faces because of the just the terrible stuff that was in this water and, and mucked out these houses and mucked out the church in preparation for the next team that was going to come down. It ended up being nine different teams, three youth teams, three intergenerational teams, and three adult teams who went down and rebuilt this church but also rebuilt hope in this community. It was amazing to me having worked with New Orleans in some of my past history and knowing that, that there is just incredible graft 
in this community. It wasn't necessarily the, the government that responded as well as it might, or even the government within the state that responded as well as it was might. You know who emerged as the, the responders to this tragedy more than any other organization was the church. Not just Santa Monica. That was one of hundreds and hundreds of churches. We heard story after story of churches whose center became the hope that was needed in this community. And you know what happened? Amazing what happens with hope. Not only were the lives of those that they responded to changed. What happened is over and over and over again as these kids were walking out of these houses and piling the belongings up in the street for the garbage companies to come and take them to the dump, car after car after car, individual after individual after individual would come up to these kids and just say, Thank you as they wept, seeing these Southern California kids serving them. What happened in the church is the heart first broke in the church, and they understood how petty the things that they were dealing with were in the midst of this tragedy. And then the hope that was born in New Orleans, 2,000 miles away, began to emerge in the church. And those banners were kept up for a year as a reminder. And all the sermons that were preached were about hope. Everything that was done was about hope. And the decline in that church ceased. And as a matter of fact, the church began to grow and began to gain health. But knowing that it wasn't about growing a church, it was about growing hearts and responding to darkness with light. And that's what this candle is all about. As we enter into this time of Advent, we are to turn our minds not only to the hope that was needed in a time of darkness in history, and that God responded to that needed hope in the most unusual and simple way. So strange when everybody was expecting a general, what they got was a child who grew and learned and turned and whose heart broke and yet who filled others in ways that no one could have expected. I was disturbed by the reports that I saw last Friday, particularly last Friday evening about this woman in Los Angeles who pepper sprayed in order to get her Xbox. You're kidding, right? Or the trampling that happened and the reminders of some of the years past of Black Friday that it had become so much more about my need and what I wanted than it would ever have been about what maybe you needed or you wanted. And that's where we battle, isn't it? That's where some of the darkness is. But our role in the church, our role in the church is not just to be there for each other, although it was so warm and incredible to watch what happened between services. But even warmer was what happened last Tuesday night. All 50 of you and all of those who supported those 50 were the hope for the briefest of moments for a group of people in need on multiple levels. 
This was not just feeding the homeless. This was feeding anybody that needed a meal. What was amazing is in the midst of the rain and storm were four young women who did hula in the midst of this meal. Hula dancers on one of the stormiest and coldest and rainiest nights. And you want to talk about bringing light to the darkness. They did. But what was more moving to me was looking down the row. I got the easiest of the jobs. I, get to, I got to hand out plates to people. And so what I got all the time was thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No. But what was so moving was looking down this incredibly long line of tables laden with food, 12 20-plus-pound turkeys, and watching not just the food being given, but the warmth and the smiles being given to every single person who walked down that line for the first and the second and the third and, in one case, fourth time. It was amazing. It was truly moving. And to some extent, that's what this is about. But friends, it's not just about giving to others. And I need to share this with you. The other thing that moves me about your church, this church, our church, is how you give to each other. The warmth that I see in your eyes as you share with each other. The warmth that I see in your embrace as you greet each other. The warmth of response that you've given to the staff and to me and to Dorothy and to Cora as we have come in. The warmth of who you are and what is at the heart of this church. And I will tell you, having come from Santa Monica, California, where it took an immense amount of work to barely touch what I see in this church, you need to know how deeply wonderful it is to watch you work. I close with this statement. As we anticipate the coming of Christmas, help us to remember, as particularly we prepare to come forward, that the embrace that we have for each other, even in the diversity that is this church, is exactly what is needed in the world today whether it is at your middle school or at your high school or at your elementary school, whether it is at your job, whether it is at your place of fun and fellowship, even whether it may be at your home, the three words that need to continue to penetrate who we are and help us to go deeper are those three words that were on those 35-foot banners. It's not just about being the hope for the poor. That's important but it's being the hope for everyone with whom we come in contact. Everyone. To be that voice and face and heart of God in the midst of a community in need, relationships in need, families in need, and a world in need. As we prepare now for communion, let's pray. God of creation, as I look at this Advent calendar and we anticipate the prizes that come out of those doors, as I look at the gift wrapped here so carefully, I think of the gift that was wrapped in the most simple of places, in a stable, in a community that was not theirs, 
and a baby that was born. A gift that you gave to us. A baby of hope. A baby of peace. A baby of love. Help us as we move through this time to remember that child that is coming. That we might ignite a light in whatever dark place there may be around us. Guide us in this time. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.